Well, grace and peace be yours through God who is our Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, which is active here now with you, well, you have repented. This has happened. And you are given faith in this one word, which is the fulfillment of all time. For today your sins are forgiven. Today you are made God's own beloved. Amen. Our reading from Mark begins this way. Now after John was arrested. That's how it starts. And by the way, if you're reading the Gospel of Mark, which we're doing all year, this is it for John in this Gospel. He had a nice intro in the first few verses. And now that's it. He is arrested. The other Gospel writers give us a little more detail about what happens to John. But Mark just says he was arrested. And we're reminded here that every preacher has his or her end. Uh, that's true, in fact, for all of you. I can recall in my previous call uh, at Bethel Lutheran Church in Rochester, Minnesota, a hall of preachers. And the hall of preachers at Bethel was down the, well, kind of a back hallway, actually, uh, right across from the room where we had Bible study. So you had to search for it, but I saw it often uh, when I was coming in and out of our Bible study room. And I was reminded often, look at all of these these uh, preachers, these pastors, these characters, some of them I knew, many of them I did not, but I knew that someday my end would come too. And indeed it did, at least for that call. And I wondered, will my picture be up here as well? Well, I had to go back and check. And indeed there it is. But the end does come, whether you're a preacher or not. And no matter what we do or accomplish, whether you're John the Baptist or anyone else, what is lasting now is the word that goes out and nothing else. Think of that. All the things that we worry about day to day all have an end. But the word does not. This is the word of Christ. And this was the word that John shared. But now it was time for Jesus to preach. This is Mark's transition. John was arrested. Now Jesus. And Jesus will foreshadow this as we hear in the Gospel of Mark that his end will come too. But now is the time to preach. And his very first sermon, Jesus' very first sermon here in Mark, is a short one. Jesus says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. That was it. Amen. Hymn of the day. Well, it, it won't be quite that short for you today, but uh, this word is yours. May this be your sermon for you as well. For who is a better preacher than Christ himself? And indeed, the time is fulfilled. Jesus' preaching, John's preaching, was to prepare the way for Jesus with the water and the word to make the paths straight for the Messiah. And this wasn't done by people getting their acts together. It was done by them being baptized, which accomplished in them repentance and the forgiveness of sins. But now Jesus says the time is fulfilled because he had arrived. He had come. Not just as an idea or as a teaching, not just as motivation for a better life or a better world, but he had come in the flesh, God for the sake of the people. The time is fulfilled. The time is full now for you. 
And it means that the kingdom of God has come here, right here. Now the NRSV translation says the kingdom of God has come near, but better yet, the kingdom of God is at hand. The Greek word here, egiken, is extreme closeness. It is right here, right now. Though there is a great temptation for preachers to preach that the kingdom of God is close, but not quite yet. Promoting the notion that there is still just a little something for you to do to seal the deal, to give a little more, to serve a little better, to will God's kingdom into existence by your good works or your vision of a perfect society made in our image of what we think that's supposed to look like. But this is the temptation, but this is not what Jesus is preaching. He says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is right here up against you. It is at hand. It is here, right before you, right now. And what is left to be done when the kingdom of God is here? But repent and believe this good news. And when Jesus says repent, well, then you repent. Not because he speaks with the fear of a drill sergeant, though he has far more authority than any military personnel, but because Jesus' word does not wait for your decision. And this may come as a surprise. We don't often think of it this way. But Jesus' word does what it says. Repent and believe the good news. And in this very word, your life is changed. Your sins are taken away. The kingdom, not made in your image, but in God's, has come to you. Now, you might quibble with me a little bit about the timing of things. You might wonder, can't I resist this word? Can't I at least say no for a while? We've spoken in our Bible study, and I, and I really should check my history. I can, I can compare notes with a few of you out there after the service, but I believe it was Constantine who uh, wanted to wait until the end of his life to be baptized, who thought, well, if I just hold that off, I can do whatever I want in life and still have the assurance of salvation. Uh, we think this way, but Paul reminds us, no, this is not how the gospel operates. It comes to you now. It is yours now. We think, can't I have a little bit of wiggle room here to decide whether I repent or believe? But we can just look at Jonah, who we heard from today. He thought this way. He thought he could say no. He ran the other way from God's call. In fact, he even got on a, on a fishing boat to get away from God. And the storm came, and he jumped out of the boat. He thought he could get away right into the storm to certain death, or so he thought. He tried to take matters into his own hands. This was his sin. But he ended up, as you know, as all, as all Sunday school children know, in the belly of the whale only to find himself spit out on the shore exactly where God called him to go eventually. When God calls, you end up there one way or another. For his word does what it says. When God says repent and believe, this is what happens, whale or not. 
And even Jonah's very short, unappealing sermon worked. We hear that he walked to the middle of this city, Nineveh, which was a three-day walk across, a huge city, and he said this. He had no sound system. He had no microphone. He had no church building. He just said, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, you might think this is not real effective preaching. Most people would think he's just a crazy guy. But Jonah tells us that the people of Nineveh did repent, much to Jonah's chagrin. And God's word did what it said. That is the power of God's word for you. Jesus' sermon in Mark, though, equally short, worked just as well. And when God's word goes out, it makes not only hearers, but preachers, too. And this is God's design. So Jesus begins assembling his preachers with Peter and Andrew and James and John. He goes and finds Peter and Andrew brothers fishing and says, I will make you fishers of men. And Mark says, immediately they followed him. This wasn't the case with Jonah. It was with Peter and Andrew. And then he goes down the shore a little farther. There's James and John. Now, they're mending their nets. That doesn't sound as fun as fishing, actually, but you have to do it if you're a fisherman. They're with their dad. They have this great family business. I suspect things are going pretty well. They have hired hands helping them fish. Jesus says, come with me. And they do. They drop the nets. Their father Zebedee, I'm sure, was scratching his head, maybe muttering a few things under his breath about these two sons of his, and off they go with Jesus. You might wonder about this decision yourself. It doesn't sound very savvy from a business perspective or a financial perspective. To leave a ready-made business for what? To follow an itinerant preacher with no marketable skills? Already when I start to put it that way, I'm beginning to wonder about those first disciples. Who knows what the economy will do, we might wonder. Inflation continues to eat away at earning power. Retirements don't fund themselves. I mean, those questions still live in our lives too, don't they? But where God's word is, there is nothing to worry about. Even when things start to look a little dicey, then they will. And they do from time to time. In the world, in your life, in the church, you might look around and wonder what's happening. Yet where God's word is, well, there you have a future. There you have a promise. This is what Paul was talking about in Corinthians. And if you go back and read some of the surrounding verses of what Paul says, you may scratch your head a little too. Last week, he was reminding us that our bodies are not our own. And this week, he says, whether you are married or single, whether you are mourning loss or not, whether you have lots of possessions or nothing, do not worry, he says, for your time is fulfilled in Christ. And God wants you to be free of the, these anxieties, held in Jesus' word alone. And so here you are, hearing this word, receiving this promise now. And in the Lord's Supper, so that all your other cares and idols will melt away in the warmth of this kingdom of God. Because for you, the time is fulfilled. Now, we all have our end, like John, like all the pastors 
in the hall of preaching at Bethel, like all of us. But God's word of promise will not end. You too now are called, not only into repentance and faith, though that really is everything for us, but also to the fruit of this word, which is to share it with all, for God collects preachers. And we worry about this. We worry because we are from the Midwest and we fish with lures. And we think, well, I need to make the lure look good enough. And can I really do this? And I'm reminded of the old documentaries of the birds strutting around trying to find a mate. Can my dance be good enough for the gospel? You might wonder this, but this is not fishing with the gospel. Now you know. Christ says, put out the net. Throw the word out there. And it does the work. This is preaching now. You may worry what this will entail for you. You may jump off the boat to avoid it like Jonah. But Christ has this word for you. And you will just be jumping into the mouth of the whale of God's will. In fact, you will be jumping off the fishing boat into the arms of Christ. For he is here for you. Repent and believe the good news. You may still think that you even have some say in whether or not you repent. But the word has gone out. It is too late. The time is fulfilled. And you are forgiven. Amen.